You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, not of Laura Mars, to be clear. That's a very oh, different movie. So that's a great movie. Uh, great movie. But I wanted to say that in an early scene right off the bat in this movie, in a scene between the two stars, Andrew Garfield as Jim Baker and Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker, we do in fact follow them in this movie from a, a younger age. I was immediately reminded of a joke by legendary 80s comedian, and I say that 80s because that was the height of his, his career, Emo Phillips. And I kept... <laughs> thinking of this joke over and over and over again through this movie. And if you guys heard me laugh during the screening, it may have been because it was a scene that reminded me again of this joke. And I'm going to do it. You guys are lucky. You're the rare occasion I'm going to do an impression here. You're going to do an impression of Emo Phillips? I'm going to do an impression of Emo Phillips. Buckle up, everybody. All right, so the setup is basically he has gone to jail. He's being held up against the wall by this guy. He's holding him by the throat. And he's like, and I was so scared. And I prayed, God, if you get me out of this... I promise I will go to church every Sunday, and I will become a good Christian, and I will do everything you say and obey the word of the Bible. And just then, the police appeared with my lawyer to tell me my bail had been posted, and I was free to go. (laughs) And I prayed... Thanks, anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I thought you were going to do your emo Phillips, not Jim Baker. Oh, Come sorry. On. Yeah, I was very close. That was very Jim Baker. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> well, that's Andrew Garfield's Jim Baker. Sorry. <laughs> we're here to review The Eyes of Tammy Faye, directed by Michael Showalter. I'm Chris. Joining me is... All right. Hello, everybody. This is Frank, and I can't wait to actually do a little Golden Girls bit at the end of this review. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I yeah, can't wait. I've been waiting, I've been waiting I for it. go right to that. I've been wait- oh, waiting. Oh, thank you. No, 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 no. Oh my god, I cannot wait. Suspense, suspense. Okay. And then, I'm Marco, and yes, this eyeliner is permanently tattooed. <laughs> I thought so. I'm not sure what the eyes of Tammy Faye is trying to accomplish here. A show Walter who is known almost exclusively for comedies. He certainly came out of the state MTV's sketch comedy show, which is deeply underrated and is well worth revisiting, by the way, if you get a chance to watch it, but made like Wet Hot American Summer and other yep. things. This movie has all the tone of a goofy camp comedy, but refuses to completely commit to that, but also isn't sincere enough to play off as a character drama. It just acts as if it thinks it is. But we'll get into what the story is about. If you've never heard of Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker, they were Christian evangelists in the 80s. In America, I should say. They didn't poison people with Kool-Aid in in another country. (laughs) Just poisoned people with false hope. Who came into the scene well post the Jerry Falwells and the Pat Robertsons, who already had started the foray (coughs) into televised entertainment. But it was the Bakers who really kind of created what I would think of as the modern megachurch televised broadcasts, where they were two just innocent kids who were like, yes, the love of God. And they're like, yeah, but 
Shouldn't everyone have the love of God? Shouldn't we not, like, hate anyone and just love everybody? Sure, honey, that sounds great. But you know what's also great? Money and material things, because I think God wants us to have those. Well, you know there's a problem going on from the get-go when young versions of these characters are already establishing these motives. But this film is about Tammy Faye, and Jessica Chastain is her, and it follows her every step of the way with her as the person who's both just along for the ride and the secret mastermind behind things, as she sort of comes up with idea after idea that Jim rolls with, partially based on her full support and admiration and encouragement of him as he goes from this guy working for the CBS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christian and, Broadcast. And then going, network. we're going to do our own thing and turning their own ministries into the fourth largest network in the world, which is insane to think about now. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I was kind of shocked. They also put a lot of news clips and real footage. They spliced it together with Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain. They were huge. They started the 700 Club, which was like a popular talk show for Christians. They kind of start off in the late 60s. It's in the early 70s that they get onto this network. They come up with their own shows and they build up a following. Later on, they go to PTL and start an even bigger show. If you grew up in that period, you probably saw this stuff. If yeah. you went to visit so you, relatives. Yeah. You two saw it, for sure. I, oh, I yeah. had yeah. so <laughs> many like little flashbacks, <laughs> like the little it. graphic of the satellite coming out of I the I mean, thing. it wasn't as crazy I as when the that. Industrial Revolution first happened. I mean, what? We were, well, you know, look, <laughs> you were like in your 20s or something like no, that? No, no. I mean, look, we're, I don't want to brag, but I remember when that first tire came out. And boy, <laughs> it was so grand. Yeah. Okay, okay, sure. But do you remember when they developed fire? That was a bigger deal. Fire a little overrated. Come on. Uh, you know, is it God, I can listen to you is guys it? talk about the cave drawings all day. The old days. Yeah. <laughs> the old days. The old days. Uh, he never things, did. When times are simpler. He never did get that perspective thing right. <laughs> He's just like, nobody likes a critic. And now yeah, look at you know, Look, it's stick figures. You know how hard it is to just draw with a rock? <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it is to sharpen those things, Chris? You know what, we hadn't invented knives or sharpeners or uh, things like that yet. J- These guys were on the air for a long time. Yeah. I mean, this starts off like in late 60s when they first meet. It goes right up into the mid-90s. They were not a flash in the pan. They were around for decades. They set the modern landscape for the megachurch, the way that all evangelicals went after this, which was like, give me your fucking money. But <laughs> of like mixing that with show business, everybody turned their heads and went, oh, you can do that? Like, people bought it? Because we thought they'd all go, wow, y'all are a bunch of shallow fakers. And then they're like, wait, everybody, they're making more money and have more viewers than we ever dreamed of. Maybe this whole show business thing is uh, really the way to go. And meanwhile, 100 years beforehand, every guy who ever set up a rotating preacher tent was like, yeah, no shit, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) You just have a satellite now. There's always been a certain amount of spectacle, faith healing, whatever. This movie, which could have been a very interesting story about two people who had good intentions becoming corrupted by the success could have been more convincing if they ever played anyone that weren't just the television caricatures that we all saw. I never felt even once we were seeing two actual human beings. I felt like we were watching if those television personalities, that was exactly what they were like in real life, and they constantly were that way. I mean, Chastain, 
totally dedicated performance, no question. She gives it 110%. But it's like if someone said, we need you to do a very sincere biopic about Miss Piggy. How do you <laughs> yeah. do that? I think that's <laughs> I think that's mainly like Showalter's fault. I think he's really out of his depth here. I kept on thinking about Mommy Dearest when I was watching yeah, this. And, <laughs> and not because of the largeness of it, although these are two very large personalities. That film has written all over it a director that did not know how to engage with his material and got so nervous about the scope of what he had signed on for. And I felt that with this. Showalter is a great director. His last film, Hello, My Name is Doris. I don't know if that was the last film. Mm. Oh, yeah. I've heard that was great. I've not it's, seen it. It's a great film. It has some really honest human moments in it. This is so out of his wheelhouse, and it shows because there's such distance and such lack of engagement with these figures. It felt like they were trying to make a cult campy comedy, and a producer said, no, we think this actually might have a chance at some serious attention getting some awards, so we need you to pull way back from that. <laughs> but the structure remained, and the performance style remained. I mean, I wonder if there's a different edit of this film that, really? that's much goofier and over the top. Oh, I'm because sure there is. I kept going, this is almost a comedy. The main thing this was missing was not being a musical. And I mean, was, well, almost we have a number was, in there so in a lot of ways. There's actually quite a few musical scenes. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? A magical realism music. Yeah, sure, they sure. had a little bit of that too. At the end. Yeah, yeah a little bit. I think <clears throat> I liked it a lot more than you guys. Ooh. Wow. I know. Wow. I, you don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. I do agree with Frank though. That Michael Showalter was a little out of his depth handling this story. It's a lot bigger of a story than it feels like he was capable of handling because I do wish that there was more intimate moments. Jessica Chastain definitely had a lot of moments just by herself, like praying to God. But like, I just wish there was like smaller moments just to see just a little bit more out of her. They peppered in a lot of character nuances from the get go. One of the most telling scenes is uh, it's actually towards the very beginning. So it's really spoiling anything, but it's about when they're first meeting, they're basically telling each other about themselves and like, Tammy Faye is an open book, but Jim Baker maybe a little bit more closed off and he has a secret. What I loved about that scene and about Andrew Garfield is like, I don't trust you worth a fucking damn. Everything he's saying is a lie from the get-go. You can see little uh, like behind-the-scenes things of him just like talking in the background like, oh, there's something going on here. What I did like about it is that it shows that Tammy Faye... Yeah, I got kind of wrapped up all in it, but her intentions were still good in the end. If she got nominated for this movie, they played the scene of her talking with a person who had AIDS. And like, that's a real oh, thing. Yeah. I remember right. seeing that before. And like that whole scene is like, I was getting kind of choked up a little bit. I really but loved her- that because just how a, a really ridiculous person is really trying to connect with someone. Okay. Well, her mom said it the best, like, you're blind. You you yeah. follow blindly. Yeah, uh, Cherry Jones playing her mom. That's it. Uh, yeah, 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 he was after two. I was like, who is it? Oh, yeah, I've never seen Cherry Jones look this old before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you bring up an interesting point, because those, in some ways, the things that bug me most about this. Mm. I think this film both plays her as this innocent victim and the mastermind. Like, she's the real person who should have been credited with all this, but also this person who couldn't possibly be blamed for well, any an of accidental it. mastermind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and, I don't think they, it's like a mastermind. I think it's more of like he ended up manipulating some of the ideas that she had. I don't disagree with that, but like saying, oh, there would be no Jim Baker without her. But they never really spend any time diving into outside of the most 
casual, oh yeah, this happened sort of way into her own excesses. That period where she became this grotesquerie of a human being with her tattooed on makeup and her right. ridiculous appearance. This starts with this person who's like, oh, I wish more Christians were this way. I don't care if you're gay, which the movie drives home over and over and over again, which also is why I think they were aiming for camp comedy here, was the yeah. fact they really <laughs> focus <laughs> on that. She's like, I don't really care. This isn't about condemnation like all the other networks and all the other preachers, mm-hmm. the huge preachers. This is about like embracing the love of God, no matter who you are. Like God loves all his creatures. I'm like, look, I'm not religious, but if you got to be a Christian, that's the kind of Christian I want right? to be around. Right. Then do, they just kind of don't really deal with her own personal downfall as a human being. Well, that, She's was, al- always was... treated as kind of an innocent. They throw in a montage in an effort to deal with it without having to really actually explore it. Yeah. And yeah. They, that's a device that this movie relies on far too much. Yeah. The excess, the drug addiction. The movie is so much in her corner. One suspects that any sort of negative thing is downplayed. It really does feel like Jim Baker is the bad guy in all of this, and she just kind of got pulled along with it. But the movie does that all the time. It kind of backtracks and changes its mind. When we meet Tammy Faye, she's one of eight children, and her mother, Cherry Jones, plays piano in a church. We find out that Tammy Faye is not allowed to go to church because she is the product of either out of wedlock or divorce. divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, she gets remarried, she has a whole bunch of other kids, but Tammy Faye is not allowed. And the whole time, the mother is kind of cold, distant, always disapproving. Yeah, when she gets upset about not being able to go to church, her mother literally says, stop performing. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. stop yeah. performing. on the and, nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you are going to send your seven siblings to hell because we can't bring that shame. So basically, you know, she throws the kid <laughs> under the bus. So you think, wow, this mom is a real bitch. And is just this horrible, hypocritical, worst kind of Christian ever. And yet, after the Bakers become famous, the mother becomes, the script has her become the voice of reason. Mm. Going like, I don't remember God saying we needed to have all this money, or, you know, or that you needed to own all these fur coats and cars and big mansions. I think Tammy Faye at some point is presented as vulnerable, as perhaps complicit but then the script will just turn on the dime and go nope nope we have to make her a voice piece for this other thing and so let's just disregard everything we just set up before they kind of do the same thing with jim yeah who once again this is chastain's film and the camera knows it i mean there's scenes that are with both of them talking and the camera will just literally nudge jim baker out of the way so it can focus (laughs) on tammy Jim, who is set up kind of to be the villain, is not really the villain. It's like on some level they want to give him nuance, but the script just isn't well written enough to pull it off. He just comes off as flaky and wishy-washy at worst, but even that's not really well, explored. Well, when the, whenever the Jerry Falwell Played character, by Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah then, yeah, then he's definitely not the villain there. But yeah, they are kind of wishy-washy with this character overall. This is her story. It's just not a very interesting story. Not a very interesting... I mean, no. it just wasn't from the get-go a terribly interesting story. The way to play this would have been maybe more down-to-earth, a little more serious. But like I said, this is like watching the Muppets take Tammy Faye Baker. You yeah. know, it really is. <laughs> Let's go to final thoughts. Right, since you laughed, you get to go first. Oh, good. <laughs> I love great stories about charlatans. I have an affinity for this. This uh, really piqued my interest when I saw the first trailer for it. And I wasn't disappointed, as I, I'm, I, I'm assuming you guys were, obviously. I liked it enough, but I think in the end, I wanted more out of it. Like, I think that this would actually have been a great miniseries 
more than just a movie. Let's just stay with them a little bit more. But I wanted to also focus a lot more on Jessica Chastain's Tammy Faye and not as much on uh, Jim Baker. Like, I wanted him to be way more of, like, in a way, a side character. I was like, just, I wanted more scenes just with her contemplating or interacting with other people. This was trying to be a character study, but it fails in its attempt because of its body nature. And that's probably the fault of Michael Showalter in some ways. But I love a lot of the things that he does. I love like Search Party, which is fucking fantastic. Search Party is amazing. Yeah, Search Party is amazing. I see glimpses of that in this, but not enough. In the end, I like it uh, enough and I, I would recommend it. It's just that don't go in with like very high expectations, I guess. It feels like a good Netflix movie in a way. And that's about it. And it's unfortunate because I hope that Jessica Chastain gets a lot of recognition for this. I think she did a really good job, even though it was like this really crazy caricature. Like it's, it feels like I, Tanya, the same way that yeah. I felt about yeah. that. I was yeah. like, it's good. I didn't feel that way, but oh, I, I, what I, I, I loved I, Tanya myself. <laughs> I feel the same way about this. It's like, it's good, but not great. I thought that belonged a lifetime to be honest but i'm gonna get this uh six out of ten you betchas <laughs> marco this feels like a lifetime movie or something that might have shown up on a more daring christian network but somehow was handed <laughs> to michael showalter to direct I'm trying to think of what that network amc if that exists if that exists <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it could have been like a Christian film. Those exist. We know they do. There's a redemption story here. We don't really get to know them as well as we'd like. And I think part of that is because obviously there's some problems with the script. There's some tonal inconsistencies that I think come from the director's choices. But there's also the nagging suspicion I have that these are terrible, horrible, vapid people who never should have been famous and are only famous because they became notorious. And it's really an insult to my intelligence and moral well-being that I even know who they are. They should have never gotten this big. And so we're trying to elevate that material and make them somewhat likable and relatable. And I'm thinking, these are terrible people. But yes, I know. People are people. We have to view them as human beings, flaws and all. If this had been Martin Scorsese, it'd be three (coughs) hours long and there would be just like a 20-minute sequence of just Tabby Faye getting ripped on cocaine or something. (laughs) You know? To to the uh, end by the doors. Yeah. I I kind of wanted that. I was like, no, let's... Because again, Scorsese is a very strong Christian moralist, but he's the one guy who seems to understand, like, sitting is bad, but it's also fun. That's why people do it, until they realize it's too late. This never really allows us to have any fun with the material. We see that they become rich, that they have this lavish lifestyle, that they fall to excess. They don't really seem to enjoy it. It's just sort of telegraphed. Every time we see them, the house is bigger and there's more tacky shit in it. And then at the end, we're supposed to kind of feel sorry for them when they lose it all. The other way to go about this is the way I think Chris was suggesting, and I can't believe I'm saying this as a straight man, but this movie wasn't nearly gay enough. No. <laughs> they needed to go. This should have been full gay. Total camp. Total, total gay. gay. This movie should have swished and swaggered. It should have been a huge, crazy, elaborate musical with a backup singing and dancing dancing course all with the same makeup as Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got campy lines. Like, yeah. Can we talk about Satan later, Jim? I mean, no. that, I, like, I, I kept thinking of Showgirls when I was watching this. Yeah. I was like, this kind of <laughs> in a weird way reminds me of Showgirls. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of my heart but, now. But ultimately, it's a movie that falls between two stools for me. It's, it's not serious enough. Oh, sorry, enough. you meant seats. Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just not... It's not... <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not enough fun. It's not campy enough for us to kind of have some ironic distance to the material. It tries to make us care about these people who are so caricatured, we can never really truly relate to them. You have to go in one direction or the other, and they kind of try to do both. It just ended up being a bit of a misfire, because it never could strike that perfect balance. I have to give this, just for Chastain's performance alone and the makeup, I'm going to give it a little bit more, because the makeup is pretty solid. Six <clears throat> out of ten finger-licking-good cameos. <laughs> I was like, who oh is God. that, by the way? I, yeah. We're playing Colonel Sanders. I just oh want to know. I, I, I half expect to Wait. Like, go into the IMDb page who? like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> Frank. Jessica Chastain took 10 years to make this. I really hope that she's pleased with it because, I mean, I really don't think anybody else is. <laughs> I, everyone I talked to after this screening was not happy. This is going to be coming out at TIFF. It's, it's kind of like bracing for a hurricane because <laughs> this is not going to be anybody's awards, darling. And it so desperately wants Dude, to be. Somebody in our screening was clapping at the end. Somebody was clapping, I don't weren't know they? Who that was. Right? I was, it was right, right here, okay? okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not serious enough to be taken seriously. It's not campy enough to have fun with it. You know, it is more campy than serious. And, you know, just like I mentioned Mommy Dearest earlier, they rebranded that movie right away, I think the following week, you know, as a camp classic, and people were bringing Ajax and wire hangers. I don't know if that same kind of strategy could I'm work. I'm throwing a bucket of chicken next every time I see her. <laughs> oh, no, they'll be throwing. Don't be wasting. No. Chicken. Gonna be throwing... Every time she pops open a pill, I'm just going to throw a hand of Diet Coke. Diet, Diet Coke. Throwing Diet, Diet, Diet Coke. Oh, yeah. yeah. This cult screening brought to you by Diet Coke. <laughs> you can pick up your, your, your cans to open during the screening at the appropriate moments in the lobby. With, with, with a nail file, yeah. <laughs> there are some things to see here. The performances are admirable, especially right. Chastain's. And the makeup is great, as Marco said. This just was mishandled. It was misjudged and it was misguided every step of the way. I think the only <laughs> sequence that it really does work is when we go into the the 90s when we see Tammy Faye stripped away of all her um, credibility and all her uh, following and she's trying to like she's living just on her perseverance and her optimism it's a brief sequence in the film but it does strike a tone it's the closest we ever get to looking at this person in a truly vulnerable way and it does make you kind of wish that they had played this throughout the rest of the film because there is some genuine beats in there but the rest of the film it, it's really hard to engage with it on any level other than really just like holy shit oh and I'm going to say my Golden Girls quote now Sophia says to Blanche just because you put your makeup on with a butter knife doesn't make you timey fay. <laughs> so <Yes>! I got- <laughs> So I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 prayers that I say for Chris every morning. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need your fucking prayers, Frank. (laughs) You got him anyway, big guy. I've already made my plan to put my brain into a robot body. (laughs) I will never die. Like Kane of Robocop 2. When I die, please send more life in lieu of flowers. (laughs) I want more life, fucker. You know, right? You're going to be the guy shooting the dick, is all I'm saying. (laughs) That's Robocop 1. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. You know what, Frank, I agree with a lot of things that you said, actually, in terms of there are moments in here that really do genuinely work, where I was like, oh, that was a sweet moment, or that was a cool thing, or that was a, a neat camera thing that you did. But overall, the problem is this tone is unclear what it really wants to be. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? I don't know what it is. It doesn't work as the thing in between it, the dramedy, as it were. It's trying to be campy. <laughs> but also trying not to make you think it's being too campy, not be taken seriously. There's no way to do a biopic of Miss Piggy. There's just not. (laughs) That's not just The Muppet Show. I don't know who Tammy Faye really was in real life. I don't know who does. But this feels like it's based entirely on her television appearances and nothing but that. It is based on a documentary that was made to huge acclaim by the same title last year, which I have not seen. I can't help but wonder if that was based entirely on her own writings and interviews, because Mm. this is 
all about Tammy Faye being this person who was not to blame. It just has no nuance of any kind here whatsoever. It's just ridiculous. It's kind of absurd, but not in a funny way. You're just like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) I wish they had just lean totally into the gay camp thing. Why not just make it a cult movie? Obviously, she wanted to have fun with this. She's never not playing Miss Piggy here. It's so over the top. There's a moment where it feels like she's suddenly going to go serious in the third act and go like, no, this is the, the way I really am. And it doesn't. That's not what happened. She's just still this person. And maybe she's just as vapid and silly as her television personality. But in which case, why make a movie about her? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's great. There was a Christian evangelical who, in the time of total intolerance, was going, I think, that gay people deserve our love and not condemnation just as much. I never heard that before this movie. But to be honest, I never put a lot of time or thought into following up on the story of Tammy Faye Baker. I don't think, ultimately that aspect of her life had much, if at all, impact in the the evangelical Christian community anyway. Certainly not saying that there's not tons of Christians out there that have nothing but kind thoughts for whoever you are, gay, straight, alien, right. Uh, (laughs) 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 Maybe not right. Look, I like a Serbian film, okay, guys? I'm a different kind of breed. Oh, Jesus. Wow, I forgot about that film. I will pray for you. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Jesus, please strike right down. Oh, wait, no, I prayed against you. My bad. It hasn't worked so far. I think ultimately this is a kind of fascinating but total misfire of a film. I do hope that this gets a sort of mommy dearest sort of attention to it because I think easily this could turn into a cult campy film beyond what it actually is where people go in and yell lines at it and throw shit i mean there's even pauses in the film that i felt like (laughs) this felt like they paused so people can say something in the theater right here and god loves you she's kind of faye dunawaying it the whole way through here and i get that it's a strong performance and honestly I had fun watching Chastain in this movie. Yeah. I, I never too. was not having fun watching her performance. Fascinating. It is kind of a shitty film. <laughs> I'm going to give this four out of ten times. I wish she had given Jim a Miss Piggy. Hi-ya! <laughs> Look, I agree with that, but I just want to note that there's three people on this review that said six out of ten. Yeah, I'm a yeah. little startled myself. And you I- should be. And I <laughs> like it. That's why you're going to hell. <laughs> 